0: Another fucked up day in paradise. just roll it. Let's do it. I just got to find out where my arrow is here. My arrow. Me and my arrow. Taking the high road. Wherever we go, everyone knows it's me and my arrow. Oblio and the point. Uh, and I think that was uh, Harry Nielsen who sang that, wrote those and sang those. I'm pretty sure he wrote them. Okay, so let's still little focus here. Focus, focus, please, focus. Here we go, go. Tra-la-la, la la da 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 Okay, so uh, we're going to try an episode here, see if I can actually read this. It's a little bit bright out here. People, people. Oh, no, wait, that's not what I want. I don't want that. I'd like to be right here. There we go. It's the Daughter of God cast, season four, choice, episode one, four, zero, best friends. I'm your slightly drifty feeling host, Dan Kelly, Shree, Fuji, Split. And behind me, wait, there we go. Behind me is one of my best friends. Crystal Lake, quiet and silver today under the overcast. I'll be reading this episode, as if you couldn't tell, blazing through on one take. With a little luck and a lot of water, uh, just 11 days left until iteration two of the festival screener is due, so no time to dilly-dally, chilly-shally. Let's have a little water, eh? Here we go. Ah, last week in episode 139 Extreme, I related my re-watching and sharing of 9-11 videos on Facebook. Uh, I I sensed there was some sort of inspiration there, some clue. Here's what I know now. In 2007, Peter Joseph's zeitgeist blew me away. In contrast to Dylan Avery's Loose Change, which came out a couple of years before and which Zeitgeist referenced, Peter took a meta-perspective, starting with a deconstruction of Christianity. As a post-Catholic, this was a gorgeous and radical kickoff for me. I also imagine that this bold beginning must have pissed off plenty of religious people, a road, black, a road block, not a road black, but a road block that kept them from getting to the 9-11 info. In hindsight, this was the best approach, definitely made a strong impression on me, and in my world, I'm all that matters. Peter Joseph did other docs after, and addendum wasn't quite as inspiring. I didn't totally grasp money as debt until I started watching James Corbett. Rewatching Zeitgeist led me down the rabbit hole of what Peter Joseph is doing now. And who is Peter Joseph anyway? Uh, And what does James Corbett think about him, Peter Joseph? Uh, James is critical of Peter's advocacy of technocracy, even though uh, Peter parted ways with the Venus Project. I would imagine James is also skeptical of the sources Peter uses in his presentation, some of the sources. Um, Then again, James has got at least one odd bedfellow in Patrick Wood. Who espouses biblical prophecy over the predictive power of science. The predictive power of Bible prophecy over science. That's what he does, that guy James, no, what's his name? Patrick Wood. Um, James and Peter are the most articulate and credible people I've found so far who don't buy the official 9-11 hogwash. Seems like they might celebrate some common ground, or at least establish a respectful public back and forth, which would benefit all of us. I know it would. I know it would benefit me to hear them explore the issues together. Uh, who knows? Who knows how this will all work out? But I do love the idea of crashing consumer culture. Stated in the positive, I'm all about expanding the wilds and taking care of each other. And yeah, I'm fine with that happening gradually, gently. Uh, I don't mind exploring an open source stewarding of common resources like, for instance, the global life support system. That to me means mostly leaving it alone until we really understand how things work beyond rhetoric and the profit motive. What concerns me about technocracy is how humans figure into the inventory and calculations. Would the system be set up to optimize human happiness or human freedom? Global health for me implies the health of Gaia, our essential planetary life support, at least until the dominant sentience is powered by solar panels, just like in the Matrix, that's not gonna happen. So do we design a system optimized for humans or for biodiversity? My sense is that they are the same, but I'm just a middle-aged white male in America. What do I know, in other words? The premise of my documentary project around Lake Michigan was that the seeds of a sustainable civilization are already everywhere. I could find them just by sailing along the shores of Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Indiana too, right? Yeah. Um, Powerful circular logic. Earth is a platform for thriving. Therefore, in spite of all the apparent horror shows playing out right now, Earth is going to eventually emerge better than ever, which means a more just- Peaceful, free, and verdant human civilization is going to show up soonish. Ergo, it must already be sprouting up all around. Could be that it's always been here. Duh. If you insist that we're doomed, that suckiness consistently prevails, I'd opine that's another little logical circle that you're going around and around. And around just like me. You're just not having any fun. Uh, if you're right, if you're if you are right and indeed we are fucked, I lose nothing by feeling wonderful and neither do you feel lose anything by feeling wonderful. Pfft. So moving right along. I hope this is making some sense. It's kind of kind of maybe making some sense. I never really know whether what I've written and, and, and saying makes any sense to anybody but me. Sometimes not even to me. As a proactive dude, I ponder how my bright future, how my bright future will unfold. If a brilliant open source technocracy was to replace rapacious consumption, how would this get started? What's the future history of our unfolding utopia? An enlightened, human presence on earth starts with enlightened humans. How can we each become fully alive? What's that look like right now? Well, it looks like I'm sitting next to Crystal Lake. Podcasting, that's what it looks like. And I'm gonna drink some water too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's all live, folks. No edits. Bam, bam, bam. If we want change, the logical place for me to begin is me. To take responsibility for my experience and feel fully the phenomenal gift of of being human on Earth in the early 21st century. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. 21st, these are some crazy, amazing times. An open invitation for heroes to sprout up and grow. I can see them everywhere. I, too, aspire to grow my own heroic and epic nature. What if we stopped asking external authority for permission to be okay? What if the only arbiter of our life experience was ourselves uh, what if we became what if we became our own optimal best friends what would an optimal best friend do and say how would I, how would it feel to get a steady flow of love no matter what the conditions could be that peace justice and freedom could be could be it could be like having peace justice freedom, uh, all rolled up into one tasty Japanese burrito. Uh, If you don't know what a Japanese burrito is, instead of using a tortilla, not tortilla, what's that called? The flour thing? Instead of using one of those, you use nori, and you put whatever you want inside it. That's a Japanese burrito invented by myself and and Ben Woody. I have to give him credit too for that, um, because I think, I think he might have inspired it. I can't remember. It's a long time ago. Uh. 11 days left till iteration 2 or i2. I've had an amazing breakthrough, so cool. So cool I can't even talk about it. You probably can't even learn about it on the uh you can't you probably can't even learn about the breakthrough on spoiler central y.movie. Not for at least another iteration, probably iteration 3. For now, just check out this excitement. Ah! Um, Melanie dropped off the Veronique puppet for a screen test. Veronique is incapable of smiling, unfortunately, but that's okay for now. Um, I'm flowing the final scenes, writing and rewriting scripts. Huge chunks of story are dropping into place, like nobody's business. Um, After the evolution, everything's good here, we're all good, everybody's happy, yeah. Okay, I'm going to actually just stop and restart. We'll have to sync this again, but that's okay. Hang on. Everybody just chill out for a second here. Hang on, hang on. Dink. Back on again. Okay, I I just took a little snippet there. That was an edit right there probably because... Hello, hello, where are you? Oh, shit. What happened? Now we're good. Because I was worried the camera was going to run out and I would, like, miss this whole next thing I'm going to say. About the evolution of the podcast, I thought, I thought I wanted to gradually transition from written episodes that I would read verbatim like this one to just whipping them out on the fly. I invented a sort of transition style, the Outline Podcast, where I'd post bullet points about the ideas I wanted to convey uh, that I could riff off of. Um, I love having allies, not alloys, I love alloys too, but I love having allies and collaborators to play with. James has been doing transcriptions for the On The Fly episodes. Talking to him has helped me to ponder what sort of podcasting style I like most? He proposed that transcribing outline episodes might not be our aesthetic because our meaning his and mine because he's kind of getting uh you know he's kind of getting he's kind of getting himself pretty mixed up in all this, uh, and and uh, he proposed that transcribing outline episodes might not be our aesthetic because the outline gives a taste of the episode that inspires the reader to then want to listen and or watch, fostering a mild addiction to Dan Kelly. Pretty tame though, compared to what's implemented at casinos and Facebook. A key argument for full transcriptions is user-friendliness for the hearing impaired, or those who don't resonate with the rich music of my chocolate and charcoal vocal presence. I definitely want to provide universal access to the variously enabled, which implies Multiple, multiple language deployments, but that's not going to happen soon. We've got just the English et un petit uh, le français site for now. Let's say that again. Et un petit petite, et un petite le français site for now. The Daughter of Godcast is English only. I recognize this as a choice I've made based on what I want to flow. But uh, let's try that again. I recognize this as a choice I've made based on where I want to flow energy and attention. That's better. I could flesh out the French site, deploy clone sites in Spanish and Japanese, but I'm choosing instead to focus on discovering what I love most about podcasting, How how sharing can feel the best ever. What I love about James's suggestion is the clarity of making a choice to be what we are, rather than trying to be everything for everyone, deaf people or hearing impaired people notwithstanding. The choice not to to transcribe outline, ah, the choice not to transcribe outlines feels like a clever hack. By conserving resources, we're in theory inspiring more listens. Flipping supposed limitations into superpowers. Isn't that pretty much the art of life? This is quite a technical and perhaps tedious little detour, but process, process, process. We love process. Reveling in the infinite intelligence... Ah, sorry, Reveling, reveling in process brings progress. That's what I'm gathering from Infinite Intelligence this morning at twelve twenty, 20 on a.m. That's actually not the time we're recording this. It's about six thirty p.m. Yeah. On this on this sort of sun sunsetty, almost sunsetty sort of. A, no way. We got hours until the sun sets. It's Michigan after all, um, northern northwestern Michigan. Uh, every week, I take a day to celebrate process, report, and share progress. Changing the paradigm of life from a chain of days or from a portfolio of results into what? A flow of experience and being deliberate about the quality of experience. This just in. I'm getting better at reveling at remembering the ready availability of excellence. Excellence. It's, it's that the kingdom of God is spread upon the earth and man doth see it. This man, I'm seeing it. Yeah. I'm excited to be writing this episode and reading it. I I do want to keep working on my improv powers and just slamming out episodes off the cuff. A more spontaneous, surprising, and quicker sort of fun than writing and reading. Scripted episodes feel more deliberate and comprehensive. A recipe, a recipe for conveying crisply, crisply snap. Mmm, right there, right to the point. Um uh, what I get now is that the three approaches to podcasting are not stages in an evolution, but tools in the toolbox. What's the most effective tool for sharing my experience this week? Writing and reading for the last two episodes, maybe next week, an outline to be riffed upon. Maybe a hemp cat teaser demonstration, stir-fried salad, sailing into the sunset with a special guest, or all of the above. Got a request? Operators are standing by. And that's your Daughter of Godcast, episode 140, Best Friends. Pa pa, there we go. I started this off as Dan Kelly Shree Fuji Split, and I might be still. For sure, this is a love letter from the past. Maybe not too distant, or perhaps thousands of years back. Tens of thousands, depending on who you are. The age of this podcast episode is totally dependent on you, your location in the space-time continuum continuum. We're also live streaming into the plurality, which is also oneness at the same time. Unlike duality, where we've got to choose one or the other, apparently. This is Daughter of God cast Central Control. Stand by to end this episode in three, two, one.